health, Uncle Paul. I will go and see to your comfort. Aunt Augusta, you and Uncle Alfred will be staying for the night? Aunt Augusta merely nodded, saying nothing more, and Chauncey walked quickly toward the library door, wondering if her aunt was at last thinking of her brother and regretted her unkind words. She closed it softly behind her, hearing as she did so Aunt Augusta's furious voice. It is ridiculous that we should take the girl. Why, she's nearly a spinster. What, I ask you, Mr. Montgomery, are we to do with her? Chauncey didn't wait to hear Uncle Paul's reply. So much for Aunt Augusta's brief bout of restraint. Miss Chauncey? Yes, Converse. She turned to face the Fitzhugh butler, swallowing the hated tears. Sir Guy is here, miss, asking to see you. Is he in the blue salon? Yes, miss. Chauncey paused a moment before the silver-edged mirror beside the blue salon. The pale face that looked back at her little resembled the laughing, carefree Chauncey Jameson Fitzhugh. Behind her was the great hall, its huge double oak doors open onto the marble entryway. She stared into the mirrored reflection at its magnificent high ceiling, etched with geometric designs and baronial heraldry, at its stone floor, covered with brightly patterned Turkish carpets. She closed her eyes a moment. Jameson Hall, the home of four generations of Fitzhughes, now to pass into the hands of strangers. She tucked a strand of hair back into the coil at the back of her neck, squared her shoulders, and walked into the salon. Elizabeth! Guy could never bring himself to call her Chauncey. It smacked of a lack of breeding, she supposed, remembering when she had told him that her Irish nurse had dubbed her with the name when she was a little girl. It lacked a sense of self-worth. Hello, Guy, she said, walking to him. It is kind of you to come. Of course I would come, my dear. Chauncey eyed him from beneath her lashes, wondering suddenly why she had consented to marry him. Certainly he was handsome, in an understated, ascetic sort of way. His thin, narrow face had once appealed to her, for she thought it mirrored his complexity, his sincerity. But no she thought, seeing him with new eyes. He was a prig. Even at twenty-eight, he was pompous and rigid in his beliefs. Elizabeth, please accept my condolences on this sad occasion. Of course. Thank you, Guy. It will, of course, my dear Elizabeth, be my responsibility to work out an arrangement with your father's solicitor and look after Jameson Hall. That won't be necessary, Guy. Jameson Hall will be sold shortly. I do not understand, Elizabeth. Guy, she said, drawing off the engagement ring from her finger. There is no money. My father left me nothing. Jameson Hall must be sold to cover his debts, as well as everything else of any value. I have no choice but to live with my aunt and uncle until I am twenty-one. No money? But surely that is impossible. Here is your ring. I have no intention of holding you to our engagement. Oddly enough, the removal of the heirloom emerald ring was like lifting a great weight from her shoulders. He took it, of course. She had never once expected that he would argue with her. You know that I care for you, but... I know, Guy, she said, cutting him off. I have many things to see to now. I must go. Goodbye, Guy. She left him without a backward glance. Bedford Square, London, 1852 Chauncey stared at her bedroom door, 
The knob slowly turned until the lock held it tight. She thought she heard a muffled curse, then footsteps walking away down the corridor. She jumped to her feet, shaking her fist toward the door. That wretched Owen. How could that toad believe that she found him anything but utterly repugnant? She sighed, turned back to the bay window, and pressed her cheek to the cold glass. It was a dreary, foggy day, and she could barely make out the figures moving in the road below. God, how she hated London, how she hated living with her aunt and uncle. During the five months she had lived with her aunt and uncle, she was more a drudge, the obvious poor relation, running and fetching for her aunt, bearing with the noise and demands of the three young daughters of the house, and trying to avoid Owen. She had been utterly stunned when he stopped her on the stairs the week before. How very sweet it is to have you here, dear cousin Elizabeth, he had said his hand reaching out to touch her cheek. Soon you will...